This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to a new podcast all about Wrexham Football Club. Uh, I'm... The co-host, Rich Fay, and I'm delighted to be joined, as I will be, hopefully, every week, by Nathan Salt. Hi, Rich. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm not too bad, thank you very much. Um, the introduction, a bit awkward, because we've not actually come up with a name for the podcast yet. Um, <laughs> it's, it's true. It is crucial, and we know that, and it's something that's working in progress. Um, but the reason we've wanted to do this podcast is it's something we've been discussing for a while. Myself and Nathan met ooh, five, six years ago now at university in the lovely Salford Keys, but uh, there's somewhere else always in our heart, and that was... The racecourse ground, Wrexham. We've been going to away days together for a while now. We speak almost every week or so about Wrexham as well. And we thought, what better time to jump on the bandwagon? You know, we we have been trying to do this for for a while. It's probably the timing makes us look like we're money grabbing, uh, but uh, there is no money involved in this. This is just for the love. Um, and why do we want to do it, Nathan? I guess that's something we want to get across. This is a podcast where we just want to give our own opinions really and I guess the issue is myself and Nathan both journalists but neither is cover Wrexham at the moment so we don't really have that that sort of platform to express ourselves to to get our views across and, and to speak about the club that that we love I, I mean yeah it's definitely been a long time coming the podcast something we've been discussing for for months and months I'd probably say even even way back to when we met uh, in a pub in the lovely Salford Keys as you said um and yeah, it's just about, you know, we've both covered the club and we've both gone to painstaking lengths to go to various away games, Yeovil away, Dover away on the first game of the season when I got nice and sunburned. I did Dover um, away when there was like, <laughs> North Wales was snowed under. It was when I think Jordan White scored a John Rooney assist. We drew one all away. Um, that's all I, all I can remember. But uh, it was like, it was torrential snow in North Wales and we got down to Dover. And of course, it, it literally is a different world, it, you know, and um, it was fine. Yeah, but... I mean, I, I made it down for Mike Fondot Talum's overhead kick, if we'll go with that. I mean, it was sort of a falling backwards and he just stumbled onto the ball. But Rob Layton saved a penalty and it was a... Yeah, it, it was wasn't quite Tumba Masanka, no, was it? it wasn't. It wasn't Masanka, but it was also just a weird uh, kind of like wasp infestation in the away end, which was bizarre. But it was. It was a great day. Yeovil, not so much. I mean, that involved me sort of waiting outside the ground for a Yeovil supporting cabbie to take me back to the station. Um, that was 
that was a dark day. Um, and yeah, this podcast just I just wanted a platform to really talk about Wrexham and and the kind of the frustrations they bring out of me and the occasional joy they provide me. Um, and, and yeah, now feels the best time with such a kind of global interest growing by the week in Wrexham that you know feels like it's a good chance to give other people some of our musings on the club, I guess, Rich. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's interesting what we've we've spoken about so far. This isn't just about the future and what might hold and who who the, who knows where our, our adventure's going to go in the next few years. But we just want somewhere to to speak about what we've experienced as well with this club because another hobby that Nathan and I have, which we will be incorporating into the podcast, is one to come later. We just love texting each other a player's name. And say, do you remember him? Because more, more often than not, you don't. And oh, well, supporting Wrexham in the last decade has been a, a whirlwind, shall we say? You know, it's all been spent in the non-league. We've had some really good moments in there, but they've dwindled in the past few years. But it's you know, it's the club that's in your blood. It's the, the club that you, you support. It's the the this, the town that's on my passport. You know, it's Wrexham, whether you like it or not, for for the good or the bad. Um, and yeah, that's what we want to speak about, really. And. Yeah, I've got an absolute cracker, Rich, to be honest, that, that I haven't given away in some of our recent conversations. So this one should be good. Uh, some good clues and, and hopefully you and the listeners can try and figure out, not that long ago, the player, but you know, on the niche scale, for sure, of our yeah. recent signings. So um, this first episode, like we said, we've got to try to do these weekly, but myself and Nathan both uh, are quite busy, believe it or not. I know working from home a lot, and sometimes even when you have worked from home, you just can't be bothered. You know, I know uh, it's it's a difficult one at the moment, but we're recording this on the twenty second, no, the twenty sixth. Sorry, wow, I'm good at reading uh, calendars. The twenty sixth <laughs> of February, which is the night before Wilston. Wow, what a treat we've got! And Nathan, you and me, we both watched the uh, stream, the much improved stream, shall we say, as well. Bloody brilliant watching Wrexham at the moment. I mean, Hollywood uh, production values, maybe not Hollywood uh, performances on the pitch, but let's, before we maybe go into the Hartlepool analysis, uh, give credit to the club because I wasn't expecting that. We both, you know, we were blown away for that first match when when it was like, just drop this bombshell that Wrexham have suddenly got like championship level production levels for a pretty mediocre uh, performance. I'd, I'd seen um, a few tweets from Fearless and Devotion, a shout out to Tim who runs that account, about you know that there was going to be an improved stream, much improved stream for the Woking game, which I did purchase on the on a Tuesday night. And I, I have to say I was blown away by that. They had Brynlaw fronting it and just the ability to have a replay watching Wrexham I thought was just unbelievable. You know, for, for me and you who, who cover Premier League and Championship a lot of the time, you're used to Sky Sports, BT Sport production. I, I never really thought in non-league we'd get the ability to have a replay. Um, but watching so many of the, of the other team streams, and you saw the, the sort of the gap in quality, it was really, really difficult to consider buying the streams at home. Not just the performances, which we'll, we'll get into, but just the stream quality from right up in the gods in the mold roads, you know, with an automatic camera, it just wasn't really working. It, I, don't, I don't know what was up with it. Sometimes it looked like Sabutio, other times it worked okay. It just wasn't really fitting for, for the price points that they were offering before the takeover at 10 15 and £20. No, um, I, yeah, I think the, yeah. the price points now are still something which are maybe a bit contentious. I still personally do think, and you know, you knew where your money was going at the start of the season as well. It wasn't just that you were support, you were supporting the club, yeah. you were making up for your 
the, the revenue you wouldn't spend on a match day. And okay, it's not the same feel. It's not as memorable. But I could understand the price point then. Um, now that we're in the money, I mean, maybe it's more difficult for some fans to to justify that sort of pricing. But I still think it's a fair, reasonable um, price to pay, and particularly now that we've got these improved uh, production values to it. Because you know, at the start of the season, it wasn't just the football that was sort of getting me down. It was I'm going to have to watch it on a crappy stream. You can only see a goal once. You know, if you go, if you if you, I mean. The way we watch football nowadays is so different to how you used to watch it. You know, if, if I'm in the stadium, I want to give it my full attention. But when I'm watching it at home, I'll be on my phone. I might be doing something else. And you, if you miss the goal, you miss the goal. That's it. You, you, you're not going to really get it back. And then you don't want to be mm. skipping behind because sometimes you can miss even more stuff or it, it, the connection issues that we all seem to have now that we're working from home and stuff. It's it's chaotic. But yeah, big up to the club for sorting that out. A really nice oh. surprise. And. I've, I tweeted it at the time, so it's those sort of smaller details, the, the sort of, I don't know how to categorise them really, I think the quality of life improvements really, that I've been so impressed mm. with by the takeover, I know they've got new coffee machines, I know there's rumours <laughs> of new LED advertising boards, but it's those things that will be around for years to come now, and you know, you might take it for granted etc, but we love to say that we're, we should be a League One club, and now we're sort of like proving it, because we're doing better we've got better facilities than most football league clubs have for their streaming and and things like that and that's what you've got to do it's not just about you know buying players i know humphrey said that since since he's come in he's been sort of the voice of robin ryan and you know it isn't just about a splash in the cash cash and you know i think it's quite similar to maybe the the man city model i know of course when they bought rubinho etc but then you know three four five years down the line they realized that spending money on players didn't work because you need more than that to actually propel yourself forward and get to a level where you can be one of the best teams. And that's what Wrexham are doing. It's not just about having a big wage budget, getting Ben Woodburn in on loan or whatever the rumours yeah. were. You know, it's yeah. just about making the club better. And then as a result, I think Humphrey said it himself, you know, because of you've you've put that money in, you've got the infrastructure, you are as a result better. You know, it's not just I, about. I think, I think, I think infrastructure is important. Like you know, we've seen over the years, we've had some good players. Don't get me wrong, we, we've had players that have had other teams promoted. So it's not not through a constant lack of quality. Of course, we've had some terrible, terrible players on the books in in our time in non-league. But it, it really is now about building something sustainable and really building ahead to next season. That's what I think we're looking at. I know that there's been this. Pretty controversial, in my opinion, uh, bonus scheme that, that came in on the day we're recording on Friday the twenty sixth, um, which which I found just the timing of everything about it I found odd. Um, you know, I know you've had similar thoughts. I texted you about it when I when I saw it. Just just strange to to make it so public about the, you know the finances and the bonus scheme and the fact we didn't have one and the exact breakdown of the money per draw per win that just didn't sit right with me um especially after tuesday night's performance you know that was so so poor um against hartlepool really really disappointed and and fans were rightly angry with what what was served up there so for me their decisions have been really smart so far just just making these subtle changes lots of fun made about the coffee machine but the stream quality you know give fans a product that they actually want to pay at least off the pitch, you know, at least at least control that aspect of it and hopefully performances come with it because if Tuesday night is the benchmark of what's to come in the new era, then, you know, the, not many people will be purchasing those streams, I can tell you that much. 
No, exactly. I mean, like I said, the, the improved production quality makes it uh, a more sort of understandable situation to be parting with your money because, you know, you're paying for something which is visibly very good and is entertaining to watch. You get the replays, etc. You know, you don't feel like you may be wasting money. But yeah, the performance. Let's get on to that. Let's talk about actual football for a change, which I know uh, probably helps. <laughs> and if you've listened this this far already, then uh, thank you for doing so. But yeah, Hartlepool at home. Jesus, that was atrocious, even by Wrexham standards. And yes, you can go into the game and you, you can take that um, sort of pre-match approach that you're hosting Hartlepool, one of the best teams in the league, an experienced side, you have some good players, they're well-managed. Um, but the performance of it, it's it's what actually sort of transpires. You know, the fact that we, it felt like, I guess you can't say daylight robbery because it was the nighttime kickoff, but <laughs> we robbed a nil-nil draw at home, which is no matter what team you are, that's unacceptable, particularly for Wrexham, especially in the non-league. Um, and, I mean, the only bloody good thing that the penalty wasn't given was we didn't have to suffer another Ryan Reynolds gif at the end from Hartlepool's social media team because they're going to be ten a penny in the future, especially mm-hmm. the way that we're playing on the pitch. It, it's an easy hit at us, but, God, I hope Wrexham are saving their shots for the 21st of June because that was awful. I mean, I, I, I sat through the older shot game and, and we were... We were torn apart, really, after after the first goal, and then that was particularly poor. But you know, I wouldn't mind if, game. but I almost wouldn't mind if mm. we were torn apart. I was no, just I'm with bored. You. I'm with you. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, but the, but the thing, yeah, I'm with you. For, for me, what I was going to say about older shot. Okay, you go. You go. No, you go on. You go on. You go. Just with older shot. What I was going to say was that with that game, we started pretty well. We started with purpose. We went with Resaw Johnson down the right, and we we tried to play through him on on what was a a, a terrible pitch, one of the worst I've seen this season by far. Um, and then I thought, okay, we've lost that. I'll be looking for a reaction. Uh, and you know, Dean's presser just didn't fill me with a lot of kind of oomph that that there was a, a big kind of chip on the shoulder going into Hartlepool, which was a concern. But I, I tried not to worry about that too much. Difficult in those presses to know exactly really what Dean's thinking. There's only been that one after the Eastleigh game where he spoke about the the Adi Youssef departure that, that really kind of impressed me. Um, it, yeah, boredom's the right word, I think, Rich, because like it, it really, it really was not. There was it was sort of an, such an empty performance. I mean, well, Mark Crichton on commentary the, just yeah. said he just said it, we we deserve nothing. We've done nothing. We we we've absolutely created nothing. We've tried nothing. Midfield was completely bypassed. I thought I tweeted after the game that we seem to be a team of defence and attack. And and nowhere in between. I don't know. Well, what the you thing thought, that but... the thing that really annoyed me about Hartlepool was it really seemed to me like the sole purpose of that performance was not to lose. And that might sound straightforward. You might say, okay, well, that's the basis of any manager. They you go out there. If you're not conceded, then you could build upon that. But to me, it wasn't about ever trying to score yourself. It was about not losing. The sole focus was to not lose. So while we were quite... Um, I, I, I don't mean, like I said, we should have conceded a penalty late on. You know, Hartlepool mm. should have won the game or had, had at least the chance to win the game. But there was just nothing. There was no attacking intent. Um, I mean, the trouble I've had this season is um, when you're not at the games and you're not maybe invested as much as you would be typically, I find I do find it difficult to sometimes know, like, who is our best team? Because I'm, I'm not watching them live myself and it, it's so different watching a team live that you pick things up off the ball, etc., which you don't see um, maybe when you're watching on TV, particularly not before we had the good streaming replays, etc., to see who's at fault and stuff. But you've got a team which, to me, does have some genuine 
good attacking talent in it. I'm thinking Redmond, Jarvis. I mean, don't get me started on Redmond. I, I still do not know what he's done wrong. I don't quite know why he's still just on the periphery so much. To me, it just seems like, just give him a go. Surely. That's baffling, though. Yeah, that's baffling when we've got such a lack of creativity, as I said, in the midfield. And there's lots of clamour for Jarvis to play. I know there was a lot of anger when he came off first. I wasn't against that substitution myself. But Redmond, I mean, I mean, what is he doing in training? What was he there for? If, if, he just... if he's not in the plan to cut him loose, I mean, let the, let the lad free. The thing that is really that... annoys me about Redmond is he just, to me, just stinks of the player who we're going to let go and next season he'll be good for another team and not in the next Oh, 100%. We've been, I mean, how many times have we been down that road, Rich, where we've seen a player you could have, get wasted yeah, away? You could have three or four squads since we've been in a non-league <laughs> of players that we've not made the most of. And, you know, the, the annoying thing is every day, you know, Rex and fans are saying, Where's our 20 goals a season striker? Well, he's been released by us already. That's the problem. Mm, we just no, don't know 100%. how to use them for some reason. And it's not just about having a striker. It's about having a striker who can get the service. And, you know, I think a lot's made about it at this level. And, you know, a goal score is valuable at any level. We know that. But we've had them before. We've not always utilised them. So I don't think it is the, 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 the end issue. But that Hartlepool game, you know, before the game, if you said, would you take a draw? You'd probably say yes. So I understand you've got to maybe be a bit... Um, be a bit more alert to the wider picture but the issue is understand it yeah i'm with you yeah but but what's come before and it was the fact that for many fans it was probably rightfully the final straw because you just you've paid your money you've probably had a day's day of work even if you've been working from home whatever you want to watch the town and you know it the thing which we said in midweek as well when when we spoke about the game nathan was the annoying thing about Wrexham at the moment is it's sort of pub, man down the pub sort of advice you'd give to the club. Just have shots. Just just play yeah. with some pride and some passion. <laughs> I know it's all cliche and sounds like the basics, but this looks like a team of players who, who aren't going out there and giving maybe their all every single game and aren't, you know, just have a bloody shot at goal. Yeah, I, I think there's just a fear. Fact. There's an element of fear in the... I mean, the fans aren't there to get on their back, you know, which... I can guarantee you after that performance that I would have had no doubts that they would have been booed off for that performance. Um, the big frustration for me came actually after the game, not immediately, but but Dean Dean when he said that you know he wasn't worried, he wasn't worried that you know we hadn't had a shot on target for ninety minutes. I mean, My, yeah, I mean, you know, it, there's an element of reading the room, I think, as well. You know, it's such a disappointing performance. Maybe he saw it slightly differently. And he did see it more and, as a but point game that. He's, not, he's not got fans there at the stadium. There's no one going to be at the stadium giving him a hard time for that. So maybe mm. he doesn't actually understand just how pissed off fans were after that. Because... Maybe, but I bet that you know that was such that was so poorly received, and I wasn't surprised. Once I heard it, I knew how badly that was going to be perceived by supporters because the supporters are tired now. You know, the the, the Hollywood ownership is not a kind of a golden ticket through through the leagues. You know, we're talking about. League One and then potentially the Championship. I mean, we know better than any team in the country how difficult this league is. I mean, we've been here season after season, just trapped seemingly with some sort of curse on us that we're stuck in this National League Conference, Blue Square Premier, whatever you whatever you want to call it. How many times it's been changed? The Skrill, you know, oh, the, the, the Skrill, the Skrill Premier. I mean, just and it becomes exhausting for fans to keep putting their emotions through it. I understand that. You know, I've, I've known people that have just decided they can't they can't keep watching Wrexham every week. You know, I'm a glutton for punishment and I do do that. But for other people, I mean, you can't blame them when, when you're being served up performances like Tuesday night where 
What I don't get with Wrexham, I don't understand a plan. I don't see when I watch them. I mean, we watch a lot of football, you know, for our jobs and different things. At least you see a plan from a lot of teams, what they want to do. Yeah, I don't get it know wide, what style of play we're trying to implement. And the other thing... I have absolutely no idea. I have no idea with us what we're trying to do. And the other thing as well, which... I mean, I don't want to be called a Keith sympathiser here or whatever, but I do understand from his point of view how awkward post-match chats and stuff can be. And I think it's something that maybe sometimes is over-analysed, etc. I know that there's been other managers in the past, I think even at, at this club, who have hired sort of people who've who've come in and analysed their their interviews, their post-match interviews, and how they represent themselves to the press because it's such a, a big part of modern football. If Wrexham were winning every week, then you wouldn't care how Keats speaks in 100%. press conferences, etc. Right. It's just, right. it's it's an unfortunate sort of... Maybe, I'm not even going to call it a failure or whatever, but I think it's one of his weak points. I know a lot of fans will be saying, well, there are hell a lot of weak points um, that maybe Keats <laughs> has as a manager at the moment. But, you know, I, I don't... I don't. I feel that sometimes it's a bit too much of an easy hit at Keats the way he speaks to the press because you know, yeah. I, I you've just been watching that team or whatever for ninety minutes and sometimes you just need time to sort of reflect before you can really give your true opinion on it or whatever. And yeah. sometimes you just you, you sort of rush out an answer. We've we've probably all done it before. You know, I, we, we do it when we're interviewing players and stuff ourselves. Probably Nathan. You, sometimes you say something, you think, oh, I wish I could take that back or whatever. So. I'm not going to criticise Keats too much for what he says, but I will criticise him for what he does. And the way Wrexham set out on Tuesday night was an embarrassment to the club. Yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, we've got injuries. And I feel like, there, I mean, there are a lot of critics that I've seen on social media for Sean Pearson. I'm still a very big Sean Pearson fan. I'm still very high on what he offers. You know, his absence, I think, is felt. I think just a kind of accountability out there. You know, no Jay Harris again. Where's the accountability? Someone like Luke Young, who's had you know just got his century of appearances for the club. I mean, where's the accountability? Too many players: Dior Angus, Kwame Thomas, Tyler French. These kind of players, they're they're fine. They're they're good footballers, but you just need someone at times in that kind of. I mean, the conditions were terrible on Tuesday. Let's not. It was sort of bordering on a Titanic level kind of storm that was coming in there. But but where somebody just to pull them together when when there's a stoppage, an injury or a card or whatnot, just to say, come on lads, we need to get a grip here. We, we, you know, a Crichton who was on commentary would have done, or a Pearson or a Harris or somebody like that. A Keats. I, I just don't feel we. I just yeah, Keats. And it's, that's what confuses me. That's what confuses Keats. me as well because Keats is like he's everything you want. He ticks every box, and as a player, he's one of my all-time favorite Wrexham players because he played like all of us in the stands wanted to play ourselves. He battles so why can't he, why can't he find that why, why can't he find that in his own team? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with muck delivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
And that's what I don't understand. I mean, I don't know. And I know the that best, yeah. Dean's been, uh, he's, he's, he is a real advocate for the sort of, I know it sounds cliche and stuff that you get at the bigger clubs, but like sort of instilling the Wrexham DNA. He wants to make every player who plays for the club realise what this club's been through and what it means because Dean's been, you know, he's been with us through the good and the bad. And I know in, in the wider history of the club, he wasn't with us for the good. But, you know, in the last 10 years, he's seen some highs. He's seen plenty mm. and plenty of lows. And, you know, whenever... You know, I've speak, spoken to him and stuff. I interviewed him the day he came in the first time as manager. And, you know, behind the scenes and stuff, he was trying to get loads of stuff in place to, to get the squad to realise just how big Wrexham are and what it means to wear the badge. And just somewhere along the way, it seems to have got lost. I don't know why. And that that is what's so frustrating for me. And I don't want Keats to go down in history as someone not adored by Wrexham fans because you know mm. he's given so much to us he gave us that Wembley win he played on with a dislocated shoulder you know this he is everything you could ask for as a player but as a manager it's just not cutting it and it's it's sad to see but it's also frustrating especially when you're paying your hard-earned cash to watch but is it, it was always a gamble you know he was always going to gamble his his playing legacy I felt as soon as he took the job just because of how demanding the supporters are I mean me I'm very demanding as a fan and I'm very critical, I understand that. Yeah, I want uh, one good FA Cup tyre season, no issue, yeah, yeah. but promotion you know, guaranteed. I'm, I'm a lot more critical than you are, you know, I'm, I'm, I scrutinise the performances to within an inch of their life, you know, just because I'm passionate and I really want to see the club do well. But the, there's so much that, that leaves me wanting more, you know, this team, I don't want Wrexham to become, which we have done in, in recent years, in my opinion, just a revolving door. No, exactly. You know, you, I still think we're viewed nucleus. as an easy payday for so many people. Yeah, and, and if come anything, in, that say might get worse. Big... That might yeah. get worse now because because well, you know we they know we're flush with cash, and I don't want agents to think we're just you know we're some kind of cash cow that's just going to give players on the downward spiral an easy payday. Yeah, uh, and that's the, that, that's that, one positive I think Keats has though because there were players that we could have signed on deadline day who were asking for huge wages, and Keats said no because. Yes, you might be a good player, but we can't pay you more than what you're worth. Obviously, there's going to be some mitigation which you can allow for in budgets, etc. But these are players who are coming in and know Wrexham. We already were a massive club and, you know, every player who signs can say that sort of cliched how big we are, we shouldn't be in this league, the facilities, etc. But, you know, Keats put his foot down in terms of the transfers. It, and you, you just worry that the longer it goes on and the longer performances don't match our ambition off the pitch that there might be, I, I wouldn't say mistakes made at a boardroom level, but they might say, oh, why can't we pay someone more than we should do just to get him here or just to get a big name in through the door? I, I know at the moment it's easy to say we want to be in it for this long project, but if the results don't start coming, then, you know, it might be something that has to be considered. Yeah, the documentary does need some highs as well as the lows. Um, so hopefully we do sort of rack be, up a few. It's going to be a, perver- a perverse watch in it at the moment. <laughs> yeah, because... Oh, it's going to be a hot under the cat under the genre of horror or something after these if it keeps it like that. Yeah. But you know, one of the things that you know we're talking about transfers and whatnot. I, I was always very positive. I remember meeting Kevin Wilkin after he'd been sacked, and, and he ended up at Brackley. I said we had a good chat about some of our differences at the time when I covered the club then. And, and various other things. And I said to him that, you know, I never faulted his recruitment. I'd say that in recent years, I mean, he, he was one of our finest recruiters. You think of that team where he had Malt, York, Manny Smith, Jennings, uh, as well. Jennings players yeah. like that, you know. you know. That was a really good team, I felt. I felt like that was a, just just lacking. I mean, we got to Stoke 
at Stoke in the FA Cup. That was a great day at Bet365 Stadium, um, Britannia, whichever is your fancy. Um, and, you know, he just lacked something, Wilkie. He just lacked that tactical nous. Well, ironically, and, you know, it was him bringing off Keats in the FA Trophy final, which was his yeah. undoing, you know. Uh, the North Therapy, that was it. Don't remind me, Rich. It's too painful. Awful, Still. awful day out. Um, um, but, I yeah, tomorrow's a, big, tomorrow's a big game. Yeah, Don't get me wrong. Wheelstone is a big game. Um, not not just because of how Tuesday night went, but but we've we've played a handful of games more than some of those around us, and we can't keep dropping points, especially not at home. If we're serious, you know, if if we're serious about mounting a challenge between now and the end of the season to to make the playoffs, then the time is now to to, to steer the ship back on track. Really, yeah, you know, that's that maybe the thing that underpins all this that because we are football fans, we're also really fickle. And if we start winning games, yeah. it keeps in. I don't care. You know, it's, I mean, maybe not to that degree, but yeah, um, it's the dreaded... Do you know what I hate? I hate sort of social media accounts who don't sort of stay with the club all season and sort of tweet things. Like tomorrow they'll be tweets saying, it's the Wildstone Raider versus Bootlegger again. Like, I just don't care. Hmm. Like, and look, just... Don't get me wrong. I, I always say to people that, that criticise me on social media, whether it's for work or, or, or for anything Wrexham related, I'm, I'm more than happy to be proven wrong. I, don't, I, I think people forget that, you know... As if I don't, I'd never want to be wrong about a player, Keats, I'd another love, manager. I'd love to be proven wrong. Because, the because at the end of the day, it's a win-win. Well, it's yeah. not a win-win. If, if I'm right, then unfortunately it's gone wrong, and, and that's no fun for anyone. And if I'm wrong, Wrexham is successful. It, it really, you know, for me, is no problem whatsoever. If if Keats now goes on to gone up, goes on a tear, you know, bottles that's up all I'd this love. kind of criticism. That's what I'd love. I'm I'd more love than happy him. to see I'd that. I'd love him to prove yeah, and I can eat I a want. nice slice of humble pie on this podcast, you know. So, yes. um, so he, he really he's got a big opportunity now. This league is is among the weakest I've seen in in our time in non-league, in my opinion. Whether that's just because of the COVID scenario, or, or whether just the quality just isn't there. I mean, there's no there's no runaway team. I know Torquay are up there, but they've shown their frailties in recent weeks, and and everyone else is much of muchness. So it's just down to us now. How can we click together? Can we? Can we come up with a style of play that actually works regularly? Yeah. Uh, and like you said, Wildstone on Saturday lost 4-3 to them in October. What an absolute topsy-turvy game that was. I'd missed the first like 20 minutes of the game and we were 2-1 up after going behind and then we conceded 3 of that reply, went 4-2 down and then Adi Youssef got one in like the last kick of the game to make it 4-3 and a bit more respectable but still humiliating. What are your thoughts ahead of the game? Have you got any really... That you think? I mean, I I'm, I have to be confident. I, I do think it's the type of game that you know we could win like two one or something at home. But um, mm. I'm not getting carried away because I was probably getting a bit cocky at the start of the season after we you know we won on the first day, etc. And this um, the, the game against Wilson, I think it was our fifth game of the season or, or whatever, and it was just like a reminder of why do I ever believe in this set of players. <laughs> I mean, it was defensively potentially the worst performance we've had all season. The, the way we collapsed was was actually terrifying to watch. I mean, we just fell to pieces like like a like a Jenga stack when the wrong one is pulled out. I mean, we absolutely fell apart all, all at once. And maybe the Weymouth one, but I think the Weymouth one we came back and won, so people glossed over kind of how bad that was defensively when we went behind. Tomorrow, I, all I want to see, I just want to see a bit of fight. I just want to see an early shot. So, you know, something I just want to see to get, a shot on target. Yeah, something to get the and I want to see a bit more, bit more kind of playing to our strengths. Kwame Thomas is very good in the air. 
and Dior Angus wants to be played in behind. He's clearly got a good turn of pace. I'm hoping that Reese Hall Johnson is fit. It sounds like he will be. And if he is fit, I would yeah, I'd start him and I would start Jay Harris. I'd put Jay Harris in there and I mean you know, Jordan Davis is still getting the games, but for me he's just not been delivering. I mean he was oh, one wow. of my biggest frustrations on, on, on Tuesday night. You know, the slowing down the play too much and there was that one break wasn't there in the, the first half where he cut in on his left and there was a, a pass out I think it was record on the overlap. Instead, mm. he, he got, you know, because he's low on confidence. That's it. Why? I, I think that, yeah. you know, he's come back yeah. from being at a Premier League club and a Premier League academy, okay, to Wrexham. Uh, it should have been his homecoming. He should have been, you know, a player who's, who's progressed a hell of a lot since he's left. And, you know, credit to him. He, he has done a lot for, for players young as him, but he just looks low on confidence. And he, he, like I said, he cut in from the right. He could have passed it to record, but in the end, he turned, played it back to midfield. We lost the ball and we were under the cosh again. And, that's another issue that this Wrexham side has at the moment. We just always look low on confidence, and we, you know, we should be going into games far more confident of our own abilities because we have got a talented squad, and you know, we've actually got game changers on the bench now, which is not something we've always had in the sort of non-league sort of era. You know, you look at, on the typical sort of match day, you, you've got at least a striker and maybe two sort of attacking midfield mm. options off the bench. So, you know, sh- use them. Surely the, we need to... the, diff- the difficulty we've got, Rich. I mean, we've said it time and time again. We've got too many players low on confidence. You know, in a squad, you can have a couple, and then the, the momentum will swing to different players over the course of a season. But I mean, players that we, that people, maybe not me and you, but people did expect to do well, are Ponticelli, someone like that, really low on confidence. I mean, Kwame Thomas has been pretty good this year, but it's been feeding on scraps. Dior Angus has scored, but it, I mean, he needs. He needs a flurry of goals to really get him settled in, and you know I, I would worry for these for these players if there were fans there, but there's you know there's not, and I, I really think I'm a big believer, Rich, in a, in a fake it till you make it kind of mentality. And this group, if they don't believe it, they need to just pretend that they do, because something has to give on Tuesday. I mean, the performance probably can't get any worse. The result can. We could lose to to Wilston, but the performance cannot get any worse, and we have to have a shot on target. We have to go for it. I'd, I'd put out an attacking team if I was Keats. I'd try and go for it. I'd put Jay Harris in there. I'd try and free Young up a bit, you know, use his passing ability. And I'd, I'd try and just play to the strengths of the, of the wing-backs because I feel like they've been our best players this season, especially we saw Johnson. I mean, he'd be my player of the season by a country mile. Yeah, um, I agree with that. So, you know, yeah, like you said, I, I mean, fake it till you make it might have to be the podcast title at this rate. But um, yeah. The, uh, the, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I feel like sometimes we go out and, the, the, like I said earlier in the Hartlepool game, the sole sort of ambition seems to be to, to not lose and that's all we ever try and do. I think you've got to go out for some of these games and be like, okay, I know you can't indulge in your history too much. You know, it only tells a story, but... We're be- we're Wrexham, you know, and yeah, well, we're, just... we're going nowhere if we're going nowhere, Rich. If we if we just have a mentality all season of not losing games, we got too obsessed. I think in I mean obsessed. It was something to be proud of when we had that clean sheet record and we were winning games one nil, nip and tuck. But ultimately, your luck will run out if if that's the way you're trying to set up. You know, go one nil up and just try and hold on to it. And teams figure you out. And right now, we've just got to try and put our foot on the throat of an opponent, especially at home early yeah. on, you know, at nil-nil. Just try and put try and put the the frighteners onto a team because otherwise we're inviting them onto us and we're just making it far too easy for them. That's what yeah, we're doing. Exactly. We're, we're, we're making it easy for them. They're not, we're not making it difficult for them. That's the difficulty that I'm having when I'm watching. You know, they're not the opposition are not having to work too hard exactly. to generate their chances. And the thing is, like, 
there's never been a better thing in the last 15 years, 20 years, there's never been a better time to be a Wrexham fan, you know. We've got to just embrace this arrogance we've got. You know, we, we should we should be cocky about it. You know, we've got we've got bloody Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney in charge. Let's go you know, out there. And t- look. If you'd have told us when we were in the way end losing to North Ferriby at Wembley that, you know, this is painful now, but wait until you've got Deadpool and Mac from Always Sunny taking you over. I mean, we'd have probably tried to find the nearest facility to check that person into. It is completely unbelievable. It still hasn't really sunk in for me. No, I don't. I still but, can't get over it. But at the end of the day, Wrexham just bring you crashing back down to earth, serving up the same t- just dreadful performances like Tuesday We need night a full just... like DNA. There's like a rot in the club. We just need to get rid of it and just start afresh. And you know, I I almost have already sort of ruled this season out as a write off. Um, you know, I'm dreaming of a late playoff push and. God, who knows what about that? But yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I don't think this group. Draw, can, I, I don't think this group can go up. I don't. Yeah, I mean, I'm always going to back the team to, to the heavens. You know, every single week. But I just don't. I just do not believe right now that the the makeup of this group can get it done. Yeah. Um, you know, just just based on the performances I've seen against teams that are up there, I would have liked to have seen that Notts County game. That would have been a, a big one for me to see, given where they are. But, but watching Stockport away was another example of just. You know the eye test. Not looking at the stats or anything afterwards, we just didn't have it. You know, yeah. we just didn't. We just didn't have it. Whatever it is to get up, we don't know where that is because we've never been able to figure it out. The Newport game obviously was the closest we ever came in that final, disappointingly. But this season, I just don't know. Like you said about the twenty goal season striker, everyone makes a big deal of that. I'd argue that. Probably since Louis Malt, we've not had a reliable scorer like but that. But then we didn't even use him properly. When he mm. first came, he wasn't in the team, etc. It's one of those things where I think hindsight did do him a good favour and he had a good he second did. half of the season. You're right. The first half, he wasn't doing much. You know, Wilkin was just playing him out on the left, wasn't playing him at all, was giving him 20 minutes here and there. And it was just baffling. It was so baffling. It was one of the most baffling things. Um, but like you said, Nathan, we all remember Louis Malt. But I think it probably segues nicely into someone we might not remember. Um, like we said, we okay. text each other every week with just a random name and say, do you remember him? Do you remember what, what his career was? So it's a feature we're going to try to implement somehow into podcast form. It might need tweaking and stuff in the future. Who knows? Please do let us know in the feedback or whatever um, if you got it as well. But Nathan, it's time to test me. I've had no um, sort of tip off on this. I'm probably going to fail miserably, but... Uh, let rip. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a couple of clues, Rich, and we'll see. So this player started his career in 2008 playing for Middlesbrough. Ooh, nice. Okay, so that's the first one. That's the opener. Okay, he's 30. Wrexham. He spent about three or four months with Wrexham in 2018, and is now, it? and he's and is now at Stockton Town. Jeez, okay. I mean, now. When he left Wrexham in 2018, he arrived in February 2018 and left in the June of that year. In fact, he left in the May. He left in the May. And he moved to Iceland, of all places, to join Iprota Bandalag Vestmanayeka. If that's how you say it. Um, say it. So he went to IBV, that's what we're going to call it. Um, he was a winger who was best friends with Nicky Devedix while at Hartlepool. Oh. So that's your clues. Oh, Any early you... guesses? Um, I mean, can you quickly go through one or... 
can click, quickly go through the clues again. So he was friends with Nicky Devedix okay. at so, Hartlepool. So friends with Nicky Devedix at Hartlepool, which was the team he was at prior to joining Wrexham. Okay. His CV reads as follows. Middlesbrough, yeah. with loans at Oxford United, Yeovil. Three years at Hartlepool. He went to Ross County for two years. Back to Hartlepool for a year. A few months at Wrexham. IBV for two years in Iceland, and he's currently at Stockton Town. He is a winger that was born in the northeast, and um, I mean, what else have I got here? He went to Iceland. <laughs> I mean, when I was looking at this player, there was actually quite a lack of uh, distinguishable clues. He has one entry on his Wikipedia page for under personal life, which is very enjoyable. <laughs> that he speaks French. He speaks German, even. Excuse me, he speaks German. What year was got, this again? Then he got a C in German in school. So I mean, that was superb Wikipedia entry. So he joined in February 2018. Okay, so Wrexham. A... So Keats. He was a Keats signing. Was it? It wasn't Jermaine McGlashan. It was not Jermaine McGlashan, no. Okay. Um, it was not Jermaine McGlashan. I'll try and give you another clue. So he started out oh, my... in in okay. with Middlesbrough and he made one Premier League appearance. Fantastic. Um, so a pedigree. He had more pedigree than some some players we've seen <laughs> over the years. Uh, I do remember um, when we went. I did Hartley pull away that season, I think, as well. And um, I remember. I think it was Kemi Augustine's debut for the club. <laughs> I think Anthony Spiru came on as well, but there wasn't much think... else other than that to uh, to rave about. Um, I mean, this... I'd be interested if listeners have got this already. I mean, it's a tricky one. I haven't gone easy on you for the first one. No, you haven't. But at I'm all. sure I'm sure you were going to get me back. Uh, you know, next time with an even trickier one. Yeah, well, I mean, you're going to kick your, you're going to kick yourself when you hear the name. I'm quite um, annoyed that I've already used the Jermaine McGlashan sort of. Uh... Jermaine McGlashan, yeah, that was. Uh... I nearly went with Kemi Augustine as my first one, but I didn't. Okay, um, so I am going to say, was it? Okay, was it? Um, was it Jonathan Stott? Uh, Jonathan Franks? It was Jonathan Franks. Congratulations, <laughs> the one and only Jonathan Franks. Now of Stockton Town, yeah, he played for Middlesbrough, one appearance in the Premier League. Played against West Ham in two thousand and nine. Wow, that um, is um, that's deep. Yeah. That's a deep cut. And maybe if you're new to the Wrexham sort of scene or whatever, that is. I mean, <laughs> Jonathan if... Franks. That's a superb selection. I thought. Yeah. Um, wow. I'm speechless. I mean, there's nothing yet. There's, there's not what you can say to Jonathan Franks at the end. No, there the isn't. And I, I um, can barely remember I... him ever doing anything for. I mean, for yeah. He. Is. I mean, he made seven appearances for Wrexham and didn't score a goal. So no. it was it's not seven more than me memorable. though. So I can't, I can't seven complain. more than you, yeah. yeah. As many goals as you, yeah. Also, so which, who's the real that. winner? There? I mean, I got a better ratio, I guess. Have I? I don't know. Was it Infinity? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. But uh, yeah. wow, Jonathan Franks and Franks, Franks Lee. That might be enough for today. <laughs> who knows? Yeah. That's a bad segue. But uh, yeah, another one of those next week. I think. Um, but yeah, we'll be speaking again next week won't we uh, after this uh, weekend bonanza who knows where Wrexham will be in the league then it could be a week which maybe does prove that we have got some sort of playoff pedigree in us but it might just be another one that condemns us to more misery um, the Sutton game is a week gone so hopefully we'll be back before that there'll be the double header as well with Sutton and Barnet on the horizon 
it's going to be a, a busy few weeks for Wrexham. Um, but yeah, I guess finally, these Wilston predictions. What are you expecting? Can we confidently say a Wrexham win? I don't think you ever can these days. I, I'm going to go with a Wrexham win. I, I'll go with a 1-0 win. Just like that, plain simple. Yeah, I think so. I, yeah, I, I, I just think, you know, Aldershot, the performance, the disappointment of the defeat, and, and Tuesday night, which I felt was worse, you know, there's got to be a reaction. Um, and, and I think we'll get it. Okay, well, yeah, I'm. I'll point out my prediction after the game, but I'll go for a gritty two-one, <laughs> two-one Wrexham. Who knows? We'll probably. I think we might. Con- we'll probably. I think we'll score early on. They'll score just before half time, and then we'll get a dodgy penalty or something. That's what I'm hoping for. Um, Fingers make, crossed. That'll make it all worth the money. But uh, Nathan, thank you very much for joining us on this untitled Wrexham podcast at the moment. Hopefully, we'll have a, a name uh, sort of clarified by the next time we meet. But. Uh, yeah, thank you for listening as well at home. If you have done, please do leave a like, subscribe, whatever it is these days that you're meant to do on a podcast. Um, and yeah, feedback also appreciated. Like we said, this is basically the pilot, which we're just going to release anyway, because why not? Um, me and Dane have been trying to do this for a few years, so hopefully we can keep it going and hopefully we can give some of your views as well. We'd love you to get involved and to, to give a, a more maybe honest voice of the fans as well um, about all matters Wrexham and look back on some of your favourite away days some of your unknown players as well and yeah just voice your opinions about the club but Nathan once again thank you very much for being on today cheers Rich catch you soon and thank you very much again for listening take care and we'll see you again next time it's the 90th minute all your mates are around you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go Your mate's already got booked for double dipping and you steal a last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.